So our next speaker, uh, Satish Kumar, who's going to speak to us about Ahimsa, has been a Jain monk, a nuclear disarmament advocate. He's a pacifist and an activist and the current editor of Resurgence and Ecologist magazine, of which you'll have some um, issues on the bookstand. So welcome to Satish, who's come up all the way from Cornwall on the train for us. Thank you. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming. Really Thank grateful. You. You. Did you want the table, Satish? Yeah. Shall I keep it there? Uh, it's okay. That's yeah? fine. Is that yeah. good? All right. Thank you. I can't see you all. <laughs> uh, I find these uh, lights on the speaker and not on the audience is not very conducive to the subject matter of my talk. Now it's a bit better. <laughs> the subject matter of my talk is ahimsa. Now this is a Sanskrit word. In India, the word ahimsa is adopted by every religion. Hindus, Buddhists, Jains, Sikhs, all indigenous religions uphold the principle of ahimsa. Ahimsa simply means doing no harm. In a way, the medical profession does take that Hippocratic oath of doing no harm. But Hippocratic oath of no harm is interpreted in a very narrow way, doing no harm to the patient. But the principle of ahimsa is very broad and bigger. First of all, the patient himself or herself has to learn the principle of ahimsa, or you can, in English, it's translated as non-violence, or do you no harm, do you no violation, no violation, no violence. The patient himself and herself has to learn from a very childhood, no, no, doing no harm to oneself. How to live a way of life which is minimizing, if not altogether eliminating, violence to yourself. But we are brought up in our society where this principle, this idea is never taught to us. And therefore, the way we work in our lives, we do lots of harm to ourselves. We are never taught to learn oneself. We are taught, to some extent, we are given this idea, particularly among Christian tradition, loving others. But loving yourself is to avoid violence to yourself. Now, loving yourself 
is to recognizing that I am good. Now, this goes a little bit away from the idea of original sin. The idea that I'm sinful. There's no such thing as sin. And therefore, because I'm sinful, lots of times we feel I'm guilty. So sin and guilt. This idea that I'm sinful and I am guilty and carry the burden of guilt is the greatest violence and harm we do to ourselves. So we have to begin non-violence, ahimsa, or loving, doing no harm, from the childhood, from our parents, in our schools, in our universities, in our media, in our political system. This principle of caring for yourself, knowing yourself, and caring for yourself has to be an integral part of our growing up. Because if I don't love myself, how am I going to love somebody else? And loving yourself is not selfish. Loving yourself is not ego. If I say to myself, I love myself more than I love you, that's different. That can be selfish. That can be ego. But if I say, I love myself, but I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and I love everyone, and I love animals, and I love the wood, love. I can love the honeybees. I love the trees. I love the rivers. I love the mountains. I love. Full stop. There is a full stop there. <laughs> dot. <laughs> love dot. Love full stop. But if we don't begin with ourselves, we cannot move forward. Therefore, we are doing violence to other people in our work. There's a lot of violence to people who work in great offices, great factories, great shopping centers, government offices, military, police, hospitals, schools. There's a lot of stress on people. We are forced to do things which we do not love. A lot of people do work in many places. They work. They go to work. Not because they love the work, but because they have to have money. So they work for money, not for love. How are we going to practice non-violence, ahimsa, love? So loving, loving speech, Nonviolent speech. We don't learn how to speak nonviolently. If you look at our parliament, 
Brexit debate. Supreme example of violent speech. No respect. And all the time in parliament or newspapers, the, news, the language of newspapers is so abusive. If you don't agree with somebody, you put them down. So ahimsa in speech. And then, if we don't, if we don't love our work and we don't use nonviolent speech, then our impact on the natural environment. We do to nature. The food we eat is very violent food. The meat many people eat, they don't know where that is coming from. We don't know how that, those animals have been reared. In factory farms, where tens of thousands of cows or pigs or chickens are kept in confinement, they never see the light of the day. They are not happy animals. So if the animals are treated violently and then their meat is eaten, you are not going to be a non-violent person. Because you are what you eat. So if you are eating unhappy animals, violently treated animals, and even our vegetarian food, how the land is used with chemicals and fertilizers and pesticides and heavy tractors. Farmers don't anymore farm the land. They just drive the tractors and the big combined harvesters and big machines. There's no love for the land. If there's no love in growing food, if that food we are going to eat, and then we say, health service is breaking down, we haven't got enough money, However much money you put in National Health Service, it will never, never, never going to be enough unless we live a different kind of life. If our way of life is violent, unhealthy, harmful, the food we eat, the clothes we wear, the air we breathe, air in London, New York, New Delhi, Beijing. We are doing violence to air. Global warming is a result of himsa. No love for nature, no love for clean air. Ahimsa is not just limited to, starts with yourself, but it extends to all living beings. And earth is a living being. Nature is alive. Earth is not a dead rock, as many old-fashioned scientists used to think. James Lovelock calls it Gaia, the living organism, the living Earth. But we do violence to the living Earth. Ahimsa has to extend to the Earth as well. We pollute our rivers. The oceans are full of plastic. We are doing violence, himsa, to the oceans by throwing our rubbish into the ocean. And then what do you expect? All that rubbish, plastic and other rubbish in the ocean goes into the fish. 
the microplastic. And then that goes into the fish and fish is eaten by humans and gets into humans. And then we say people are sick. National Health Service hasn't got money. And the way we produce medicine is, non, is violent. There's no ahimsa there. So our entire system has to be examined from the principle of non-violence, from the principle of ahimsa. When we examine the whole system and we start to live a different way of life, then the amount of medicine we use will not be necessary. At the moment, many of our hospitals think, whatever illness you have, the answer is medicine. Answer is medicine, always medicine. Answer is not medicine. Answer is your way of life based and rooted in non-violence, in ahimsa. It's a very big principle. This is the ultimate religion, the ultimate spirituality. No hatred, no harm, no animosity. I mean, our society full of wars are only the symptoms of that violence. The Syrian war, the Iraq war, the Afghanistan war, the First World War, the Second World War. War everywhere, Vietnam war, Korean war, Kashmir war. The amount of money we spend on armaments and military, nuclear weapons, violence. No ahimsa there. And then we think society should be good. How can we have society good if we are spending billions and billions and billions on armaments? So the principle of nonviolence goes through, permeates through everything we do. Our industry, our economics, the economy of violence we have today. I would like to see economics of nonviolence so that we can eliminate the institutionalized violence, organized violence. Mahatma Gandhi was one of the great prophets of ahimsa, nonviolence. He said, nonviolence is not only a matter of personal enlightenment and personal uh, practice. Nonviolence is a matter and principle for economy, for politics, for media for parliamentarians, for industrialists, for agriculturists. It has to be the ground rule. Non-violence to yourself, non-violence to other people, non-violence to nature, and non-violent worldview, a non-violent mindset. If we lived the causes of disease, the illness the world faces today is our way of life, violent way of life. And so, wonderful title for this conference, love is the true medicine. Love is the answer to all your questions. What is your question? Love is the answer. And love is not logical. Love is pure magic. 
You have to feel it through and through. So ahimsa can be translated as love. Doing no harm is a kind of negative and positive action is love. But ahimsa also has an idea of compassion. Compassion with people who are suffering. So when you share in the suffering of others, that's compassion, also part of nonviolence. And we share the happiness and joy with other people and of other people, then it's love. So love and compassion, two pillars of the, the principle of nonviolence. Together, love and compassion. If you bring them together, then it's nonviolence. Ahimsa. So I hope that many of you who are in the medical field and, and the field of health and well-being, you will try to think about this principle and how can we bring this principle into our lives at every level. And if we do that, the first thing would be we'll be happier. The way to be happy is to do no harm. Anger, fear, that's violence to yourself. When you trust yourself, I can trust. I walked around the world for two and a half years, for 8,000 miles, and I took not a penny in my pocket. I said, I'm going to walk for peace, and I trust myself, I trust people, I trust the universe, the process of the universe, whatever happens. And if I face difficulties, that will make me stronger. I will not be afraid of difficulties and problems. And with that trust and love and principle of nonviolence and peace, I was able to walk from India to Moscow and to Paris. And I had to take a boat to go to New York, but from New York to Washington and from Tokyo to Hiroshima. So what I speak to you is my deep experience. And I try to live as much as I can, always thinking, contemplating, meditating, and practicing nonviolence as much as I can. And so I'm delighted to share some of my these experiences and feelings and thoughts with you this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.